Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, it's Molly McAleer, and you are listening to Season 4 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Once you have approval from the head of the goths, you know you're in, you know? I think that's very cool that he co-signed on her. And by the way, this whole thing is very punk rock. There's something very punk rock about all this. I do love that the kids got behind it. Like, they're kind of like, you know what? Fuck you. And I will say that in any school, this is going to happen. I feel like this was, I wrote in my notes right here. I said, this is like, since like 1992, I've been hearing news stories about like our high school, like adopted gay boyfriends or like they nominated gay boyfriends for homecoming. Like, like, you know, or like, oh, we gave this like kid in a wheelchair, like this role or like whatever. Like it's, oh, anytime someone can tokenize something for their own personal benefit of their memory and like goodness as a person, they will do that. Like anytime someone can vote in an underdog, they will do that. Yeah. Like for a superlative for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's give the hottest kid in school, like this kid who like, you know, like just lost half of his face in a car accident you know and they'll be like you're still fucking hot even though you got a half a face like you know <laughs> and they will they'll be like and then they'll go to college they'll be like yeah like our school was really cool like we gave like hottest person to this guy he had half of a face but like he was really good looking before and after but like most importantly inside i thought it was like really cool that we could do that for him he still had like a nice smile yeah you know? like it was just like was always there exactly and like anytime someone can like be like you know at our school we voted in the fat girl like that was we did a great thing it's just really good for the body pause movement like it got so many likes on tumblr i don't know why if i was like any outsider at any school should be running for everything you're the person who's gonna win be the person who's not you know fucking alex p keaton be the person that's gonna <laughs> you know that's who's gonna win because everyone hates someone who's set up to win here's the thing everyone hates liz in this school so that's why they're not 100 percent behind tara I wonder if it was just Tara, because Tara's a good person. Right. If that would change things. I think that also the other big thing is, and we're going to find out about this through my favorite email that we're going to meet in a little while, um, that like... Oh, yeah. I, wrote I think that That's like, what she was, right? Because I was like, she's not goth, right? No, she's an email. But okay. like, I think that it was also about like giving... <laughs> I needed that distinction because I wasn't sure. Oh, Christina. Fucking get about it. Okay. That was what I was in high school. I was an email. Is that why she was alone? No, I had friends. Oh, okay. I don't. I didn't. I don't know what it was like <laughs> if emo meant like you'd be emotional alone. No, it just meant you like listen to emo music. What's the difference between that and goth? <laughs> it's very nuanced. Goth okay. is like it's totally different. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Jesus, write in about that. That'll probably somehow be the most controversial thing from this entire. Sorry. Movie. <laughs> um, no, I just don't know how to answer it. Right, right. No, no, no. I, I was apologizing to the audience. For, I know, me for too. For my ignorance. I know, and I'm apologizing to myself. I'm apologizing to me and Evil Molly. So the girls are at their table looking at um, sort of like all the support that 
Maggie is getting and they're like, oh, look at that. Just like fucking delusional loser, like getting all of her signatures. And it's so true. Like the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like they pull an extraordinarily cruel prank on this girl. Right. She somehow manages to rise to the occasion and they're like, (laughs) fucking fucking like, here's the thing is that people are such haters (laughs) like anywhere you go like i was just doing this whole like um we did this please she is we did this please advise episode for um like all about astrology where we sort of like talked about the whole james charles tati westbrook jeffrey star thing that was going down and i decided to go through like to each of the major players like check out their message board like whatever it is on the shit talking websites and like no matter where you went like these people had such specific insights and insults about this person that as an outsider, I will say a lot of it was not even close to based in reality. Like you would have to really be up this person's dick hole to even have half these assumptions. But secondly, the conviction of a lifetime to think that they're true. And, and also like the, the energy you're wasted, not feel shame that you're wasting this energy on like an, another person, like spending, yeah. find, finding vitriol on another person. Like, and you're not even a thought in that person's everyday life. I know. That's I know. It's so sad. And it's just sort of like, oh, like, mm, look at this fucking desperate loser, like, walking around with her little fucking clipboard to her sad friends because she's pathetic. And it's and like- Her little fucking friend with the bulky sweaters helping l- her out. Leave her alone. She was fine. Like, before you started. And now- Oh, what are you losers forming a coalition against us with your other fucking losers and burnouts? Okay, let's see how well that does. And this is something that I would like to say, like, was isolated to high school. Like, this is the type of thing that I wish was isolated to high school, but it's not. Like, I almost feel like women in their 30s, I've experienced a new meanness that comes out where I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I told yeah. you I've had, like, girls in my DMs, like, a couple times. This girl asked me if I got Kybella a couple weeks ago, which is, like, it dissolves your chin fat. And I was like, no, I've been sweating. I was like, but also, like, yeah, I have gained weight. And, like, also, like... I've, I've learned so much. And then they're like, Oh, I'm on this, this and this. I've done this, this and this. And I'm like, I haven't even heard of half of this shit. Like these fillers that you're talking. I haven't even heard of this. I've heard of like Botox, Juvederm, like the shit that's like everyone knows about that. Restylane, do people still do that? But like, I don't know these other fillers. And, and I'm like, it's so weird. Is this like this language that's happening above me and I don't realize it? Because if someone's comfortable saying that to me, like what is happening above me? Yeah. And I'm like, women in their thirties be wild in like this never ends. Like if anything, it's almost worse because people just like ask you to your face now. Cause you're like, there's nothing, there's no reason to protect you. Yeah. You know? Ugh, that sounds brutal. No, it's not bad. Like, if anything, I was like, oh, good. My face has lost weight. Like, you think that I injected myself to do this. But it also was like, oh, people, like, be watching. Yeah, that's like, the thing. It's like, the like, brutal thing is, like, with the realization or the reminder that people be watching. Yeah, and it's also just like, okay, like, I also don't, like, filter my pictures and, like, I'm not super snobby about, like, what gets posted, what doesn't post. Like, yeah. bitch, you don't even know the best of me, okay? <laughs> so... That's the truth. Go filter your own fucking face, bitch. <laughs> Go facetune your own shit. Your fucking desk. Go t- fucking facetune your fucking desperate face. Your sad. Pull up your sad apps. 
<laughs> See, it goes all ways. People go, are so go, fucking why you, evil. Why don't you put on the fucking baby filter because mm. you want to just like be young? Yeah, so sad. Can't so accept your age. Sad. Really, really sad. <laughs> so sad. I mean, you hit the wall years ago. Um, ugh. so. <laughs> What do you just like spend your day all trying to like find negative things to say about people? That's so sad. It's always people are like, mm, mm, I could never. <laughs> I mean, I hate them. Um, who has the time, honestly. It just makes me self conscious about any time I've been like really fucked. Like whenever I see this, I'm like, oh, you've been so catty yourself. Oh, like, yeah. And it makes me so ashamed. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, that is the worst. That's the worst of you is when you've been catty. Yeah. Like, it's like, we can all, we can all have opinions about that, uh, break up with your girlfriend, Ariana Grande song, right? But there have been times where we have been that woman who wanted somebody to break up with their girlfriend. Sure. Or just even just like, cause I'm bored. Yeah. The older I get when I realize that someone's personality defect, like, literally has nothing to do with the first five physical traits I can think of of theirs. Like, you know, like, people just are really quick to go for, like, the, oh, with that such and such. People are so rude about looks. It, like, oh, yeah. it, it kills me. I'm well, like, here, yeah. That's never your, your problem with someone is rarely their looks. Like, yeah. that's just hate coming out and being misdirected. It, like, kills me when people do that. And I've, like, definitely... Oh, that Muppet? Yeah, like, yeah, just whatever. It's, like, fucked up. Um. Anyway, thanks, guys, for coming to my therapy session. So there's a nice montage <laughs> of the students getting behind Maggie. Um. Anyone who hates Liz or Tara is running up to sign. Maggie spots an emo under the tree, and she walks up to her and says, I'm Maggie Baker, and, and the emo's like, I know who you are, and I think this whole underdog thing is really stupid, this whole champion of the little people thing. And Maggie goes, I thought you of all people would understand and she says, why? Because I, too, am the other f- – wait, she goes, I, too, am of the lard-ass persuasion. I don't think of myself that way. And Maggie says, I still think someone with neon blue hair would want a different voice on the homecoming court. And she's like, you know what, Maggie? I don't give a shit about having a voice on the homecoming court. It sends a message that we all want th- what they have. And some of us don't care about what they care about. Some of us choose to be different. It's fucking righteous, bitch. That's I know. absolutely right. This character felt very of this era. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And this was like also like there was there was always like a couple kids at school that seemed to like get it like that. Yeah. That were like, like none this of is this like, fucking matters. Yeah, like literally like 17-year-old socialists. I was like, you're fucking killing it. Like yeah. you always knew what was up. Yeah. Um so um, we zoom in on her face and cut to a commercial. It's very odd. It's like one of the memeier moments. So then when we come back, there's like a little campaign headquarters in her living room. Casey and Maggie and her mom are going over all the signatures and they're eating Chinese food out of the carton. Maggie has support from people who weren't always, like, they weren't always kind to her. Some girl who like poured a glass of water down her shirt at a party once put her name on the list and even the quarterback signed but allegedly that was because Molly Schwartz said she'd never go out with him again. So it's like a school effort to get her elected to this thing and mom says good for you you should have a little fun in your life and nikki's like what does that mean i didn't do this for fun i did this because god you really have no clue and mom's (laughs) like don't take it too seriously i don't remember my homecoming queen and in 20 years you won't either and she goes i will if i win (laughs) which is like good point good point maggie yeah yeah but like also like you have the wrongest attitude ever like you suck i also hope you don't win (laughs) if you don't this moment will be why this is where you really lost it for maggie Oh, you never had it. I never had it for her, but like, I, at every turn, like, I was waiting for her to like get my sympathy. 
and I think that also when she goes to the girl and she's like, come on, we're fat. You should vote for me. Like, it's like she clocked it. She was like, why do you think I would be on your team? Because we're both the lard ass girls at school. Like, yeah, that was like, I loved her for calling it out too. She's like, I see what you think is similar about us. It's, yeah. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was great. I don't know who wrote that dialogue or like Whoever where they were coming from when they wrote it, but like it, it was like, it felt some of the, one of the more fresher things in the script. Absolutely. So they count up the signatures they have the next day. They have 137 so far. That's only 13 signatures left to go. They hit up the burnouts already. They pretty much hit up everyone. They have to just go find stragglers now and go door to door. It was during this time where I, I wrote in my notes. I was like, is everyone in this school in their uh, mid-20s to early 30s? <laughs> yeah. like this was really the scope where they needed bodies. And it, every, it just looked like all the extras were like very like old adults they did yeah it looked like there was a room full of teachers and also there was one point where the girl goes like stop stop the coffee and like i was like do they have a coffee is it just is is there a coffee place inside the school that's not there yet okay that's when they have to get signatures the second time because what happens is is she locks up her all of her signatures in her locker with only 13 more left to go and then come in the morning, they're all fucking gone. Her locker has been robbed. Everything's gone. So they got to get all 150 signatures once again um, in, you know, 24 hours or however long they have to do it. Yeah. Um, Maggie eats a chocolate bar by the vending machine and she's weeping. And then we see Casey. She's in the girl's showers with a raincoat on. She's like, we've done this once. We're going to do it again. Come on, Committed. everyone. I like died at her in the raincoat. Like that looked like it was from the fucking 70s. I don't know where she found it. <laughs> And had a matching hat. She's collecting signatures. And then, like, her crush is doing it. Um, someone jumps into this car and they're like, they're like, gotcha. And this, the couple breaks up making out. And am I, that was so weird. Was, was one of the, was the guy a dad? He looked old. Right? Was it like a teacher? It looked like it was like a, she busted up a student and a dad or a student and a teacher making out. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I couldn't tell, like. I didn't catch it at first, but then it lingered on a second shot of them, and I was like, that guy looks old. Because also the teacher's like, or also the, whoever it is, they're like, huh, you got me. And they like yeah. sign it, and I'm like, <laughs> you're fucking a student in the parking lot, you might not want to break even with the homecoming signature. Like, I'm not really sure. Um, so the, um, Jesse, now the head of the goths, he's working for her too. Half the men in this high school are in their late 20s. I write that here. Maggie is ready to give up and Casey tells her to pick it the fuck up. There are a ton of people that are working on her behalf. And that is the truth. Like everyone is working way harder than Maggie is to get her in under the finish line. She's like, you know, a now a symbol of the people. Oh, that's right. Because when she, after she was like, she was completely like, bitch was in shambles after her, her like, she was crying next to a vending machine. Yeah. She literally cried harder eating this candy bar next to a vending machine. Again, like, the boldness. Like, you would never catch me crying in front of a vending machine at a low point. Like, yeah. I'd hide. I would hide with my candy. <laughs> like, I would never – I'd get a room, you know? Yeah. Um, it's rough. You feel so bad for her. And then we find out Claire, the girl from the coffee shop that won this on yeah. Chris 108 – 
She um she's getting all the people to sign up. She's like shut down the coffee shop. Claire's an angel. So um the time limit draws to a close. All the people are campaigning for Maggie. They burst in the room. They've got 50 signatures here, 30 signatures there. There's a lot. It made me tear up a little bit, if I'm being honest with you. I was like, oh my god, they all came together for her. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. Yeah, I was happy. <laughs> so Casey comes up to her in the hallway. Let's play uh 33, 43 to 34, 52. Well, that's not what you're wearing, is it? For what? Your homecoming queen photo. You're officially on the ballot. Say crummy! Are you okay? This is college stuff. My dad's all over me. Apply here, do SAT prep. Keep up your grades. Show focus on your extracurriculars. I feel like I'm gonna hurl every time I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I must have filled out like 14 applications. If I don't get into South Carolina, my dad will disown me. Maggie, where do you wanna go? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I know I wanna go someplace with a good study abroad program. Maybe spend my junior year in Spain. Maybe we could do that together. Let's like just acknowledge the fact that Casey is 17 years old and taking Tums by the fistful <laughs> to deal with her anxiety. <laughs> Between running her friend's homecoming campaign that she is one foot in, one foot out of at any point. I know. I know. That's what it is really is that she has to up the The emotional that- burden. Yeah. She's done more processing for her dead dad than Maggie has. You yeah. know what I mean? Um and then we've got this guy who, God bless his heart, really thinks that in two years any of this shit is going to fucking matter. Like, you really think <laughs> in two fucking calendar years from today that you will know her name? You will walk across her in a bar and, like, not even recognize yeah, her. It'll in two be years. like Thanksgiving, uh, like, two, two, three years from now, and you just, like, wouldn't even, you would, like, maybe nod your head to her. Yeah. It just reminds me of all the kids that got real serious at the end of high school, and it was just like, what? Why do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Like, you're really just going to try to write it out? And some of them do. But I just remember thinking, like, what do you, like, don't you want to live? <laughs> I thought I was, like, going to marry my high school boyfriend. But then as we got closer to graduation, I was like, I'm fucking out. <laughs> I'm out. And then, like, when I saw everyone, like, roll up to college with their boyfriends and girlfriends, I was like, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? All that shit was gone by, like, Thanksgiving, right? I mean, I knew, like, people that made it throughout all of freshman year, but I'd be like, for what? Yeah. Now you missed freshman year. Yeah. Like, congratulations on banking that fucking one long distance year. (laughs) For what? For what? I don't know what they think is going to happen. If it's meant to be, you'll be back together in four years. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, I mean, I think some virgins stayed together, too. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that was sort of a thing. Like, if you wrote it out as virgins together in high school, that might carry over to college. I could see that. But that might have also been like a cat. I mean, you went to Catholic school, too. So, yeah. yeah. But I think that that was sort of like, oh, 
I get it. Like your fucking church girlfriend from back home. Got it. <laughs> your church girlfriend. We cut to Tara's house where she's having a Regina George moment and trying on a ton of new clothes. There are dresses everywhere. Um, Tara's put on a little blazer and top and she asks Liz what she thinks of it. And Liz tells her that she needs to show a little bit more skin. You know, she isn't running for president of the debate club. And she's like, well, I am president of the debate club. So she's a fucking smarty. We yeah. can't forget that about Tara is that she's got, she's a whole package. Okay. Yeah. So, but why can't she see? That Liz is a bad friend. Because she's in high school. Like, I think that also, like, you're, like, she can. I think that she's already starting to see, like, she's yeah. academically outgrowing her. She's, like, emotionally outgrowing her. She, I don't think she knows really how to cut the, like, cord yet. But, like, you also don't need to cut the cord when you all are still at school together. There's no reason for yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about high school is, like, you have, you have to see these people every day for four years. That's so, the like, reason you, why. You just avoid major incidents. It, that's why it feels so terminal. Yeah. Like, cause you have to, I mean, for also a lot of people, like you probably went to, I mean, I went to first grade with a lot of these people. I've known them my whole life, you know? Mm. So you think that like, you're never going to like not know these people. Mm. Yeah. God, high school fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> and middle school. That was the thing with Booksmart last night is that I loved my favorite moment in the movie was when AAA like picks up, um, Molly's character, Beanie Feldstein's character. And like Beanie Feldstein does not want to get in the car with this girl. They call her AAA because she like is like I guess known for giving roadside assistance, like aka blowing guys on the road. And she's like, I'm not getting in AAA's car. Like, fuck no. Yeah. And then like AAA looks at her and is like, really, dude? And I was like, that made me tear up because I was like, that's actually the truth. Is like once once graduation hits, like nothing nothing that meant anything is there anymore. Yeah. Like the walls fall down, everyone becomes an equal player. Like it just the the constructs of that society doesn't they don't exist anymore. No, yeah. It's great. Um it was a great. Even moment. when you go back to like a reunion situation, I didn't go back to I I don't think I had one for mine, but like No. Especially at a reunion. I would say, like, I mean, I don't know about everyone. Like, I would be, I think Romeo and Michelle's is a great movie because it's, like, two people that never lost the high school mindset, like, go back to high school and, like, try to win. But, like, they've never lost, like, they're still best friends from high school. They've never left that world. You yeah. know what I mean? So I feel like if you isolate yourself, sure. But I will say that, no, like, pretty much, like, within five years outside of high school, like, if anyone reached out to me, I probably would have taken their call, you know, mm -hmm. and vice versa. I feel like you could just kind of reach out to anyone. We all had this like very common life shared experience, you know. Mm -hmm. But I do know that I'm not afraid any of them are going to beat me up or like. Yeah, no, no, no. But I wonder if like, you know, especially since you and I have both left, like, and there are people who still stayed behind and like. Maybe they those, feel like losers. Those people are like, are like still best friends, like, you know, 20 years later or whatever. Like, that kind of natural... I mean, I think that where we're living now, that people have perspective on the fact that that's, like, not cool. Yeah. Like, it may be cool for them, you know? Like, they're yeah. definitely... The popular girls from my high school are still, like, all really good friends and stuff like that. And I think that they probably know that it's not the wide accepted view of, like, what growing up and doing something with yourself is typically doesn't involve staying very close with your high school friends. But... If it works for them, it works for them, you know? Yeah. I also, like, had the benefit of going to a lot of, like, my mom's college, my mom's high school and college reunions because, like, I'd be working them for some reason or, like, I was at her college re or her, like, I got her 16th 
uh, high school reunion or something like that. There's this guy wearing a fucking headband, like a woman's headband that he, <laughs> what? he slept on our couch because he got too drunk and <laughs> he had a woman's headband on Yeah, he's wearing a woman's headband because, and like, looking back, he was probably on mushrooms or something, but, um, that's also a fun game, going back and remembering, like, when the adults in your life were probably on some sort of drug. Yeah, but, like, you know, just having come from, like, a pretty huge reunion, I will tell you that, like, you're kind of like, whoa, give it up. You know, like, everyone's just, like, going to throw arms around each other. Like, the one person who came and didn't have that attitude really isolated themselves, and it was fucking weird. Right. Like, so it's all about, I think, usually just coming in, not be uh, choosing to not let it be weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you can't do that, then don't go. Yeah, I don't really see myself going to, like, a, a reunion because it's all there on Facebook and, like, mm. That's the other thing is that, like, I don't – I can't really foresee myself at this point in my life going to a high school reunion. Like, yeah. I think maybe in, like – if it was, like, the 50 year, maybe. Yeah. But I feel like the people who are around right now aren't the people I would want to see. Right. You know? Yeah. Not that there's, like, anyone I'm dying to see, but – I'm like, oh, you're like solidly a townie right now. Okay. Tara says that she uh, can't go on the road trip that weekend because they're going to go look up colleges up north with her dad. And Liz is like, oh, well, like you're going to go like look at them, but you're not going to really go to them, right? And Tara's like, you know, I don't know, like starting to like look at, you know, other stuff. I just want to like explore other options. Um, I guess they had made a plan to go to college together, but these plans change. So Tara asks her if, um, if her outfit is too skankalicious, and Liz says that it's um, something that she would wear if she was nominated. Um, there's a lot of dialogue in this movie. This yeah. is where I'm starting to really get like weighed down by dialogue, and you yeah. start to really appreciate the simplicity of good writing. Yeah, their pace really falls off the rails around here. Yeah, pacing, and it's also just like it's word set. It's like a fucking lot. Like I'm yeah. like. All of these fights with Maggie and her mom really could have gotten down to one line. And yeah. like the it's not like such priceless dialogue that I'm like, oof, fucking hit me with that prose bitch, you know? So <laughs> Maggie is running expenses with her mom and says that she can cover all the basics, but the dress is gonna be a big ticket item. Her mom says, um, mm-hmm. asked her if she's even started filling out her college applications. And she says that she'll fill out her applications, but she needs the dress. So these are two conversations that they're having that are of very different importance at once. And mom says, does the dress need to be formal? And she says, mom is for high school royalty, so yes. And plus size dress shopping is a mess. And her mom explains that she took out a second mortgage on the home and that (sighs) money's really tight. Maggie says that maybe her mom will get lucky and she won't win. This is when I was like, you need to work. I wrote Maggie's fucking punishing. Like, this is what I wrote in my notes. Because, like, her mom's, like, literally, like, I don't have anything. Yeah, she's just, like... And she's, like, well, maybe your wish will come true and your daughter won't win. Like, poor Will, by the way. Like, how's Will doing? Yeah, I know, right? Is anyone checking in on Will? Like, he's just like like a, a casualty to this like emotional warfare that's going on between the two of them. When she graduates and is out of the house, like his world is going to blossom and open up in ways he doesn't even know, and he's gonna wind up having a lot of resentment towards his mom and his sister. Yep. Fuck. Ooh. Will. Good thing he's not real. Maggie dries- I know, seriously, like, <laughs> oh my God. Maggie dries her hair with a towel and she looks at herself in the mirror in just um, a bra. 
And she's like in turmoil about what she sees. Yeah. And it's very unclear acting. Yeah. Because like she's not like, wait a minute, I'm not that bad. And she's not like, oh, I fucking hate this. Like, yeah. She's just kind of touching her body, but not in a way that indicates like it's so blank. Emotion. Like it's like, Nikki, come on, give me more. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. So Maggie uh, that was walks me up, touching my jacket. Maggie walks up to school the next day and it's her big day. Other students are excited for her and carrying signs. Um the whole lower floor of the school is decked out in preparation for homecoming. It's actually really overwhelming when you see it. It like looks like a fucking local tour has taken over. <laughs> um and it doesn't help that Tara's posters look like they look like Britney Spears posters. They're like legitimately like you would buy one at <laughs> like Sam Goody in the back. Like it is a fucking pop star poster. They put in a print job at like Kinko's because it was still Kinko's back then, I think. And like, yeah, that was, it was like professionally done versus like whatever they were cutting out of construction paper at Maggie's apartment. And so now evil mom pops up and says, now that's a homecoming queen. I bet her thighs don't rub together when she walks. Jeez. Evil mom is on a tear in this scene and she just starts going fat, 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 fat. You're just fat, Maggie. Fat, fat, fat. Like, and it's honestly, that was one terrible. Yeah. That was like, the one that was like, this is too much. It like, went on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. It felt like to me, yeah. it was probably like, it was a solid minute at least of like, fat, 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 you're fat, you're fucking fat. <laughs> she was like, you're fucking fat. <laughs> like, the lack of variety is almost what made it worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, it went from going being fat. Fat. It fat. went from being like, like, oh my god, like oh, like this is almost like campy. Like how long it's going to turn mean again? And I was like, oh, oh my, my god, god. Yeah. I was like, this is like uncomfortable. Like it's just, it was like uncomfortable, and like it was too, it was just too much. It was too much, and like I'm laughing, but it's also just like I'm laughing out of how uncomfortable I am as like someone who actually is a little bit more plus size than like. It's like the terrifying person, to think that like, that's like that would be anyone's like mental dialogue. Like they're, and yet I think it is for a lot of people. I know, I know. Well, when we did um, Kate's Secret, when they went to the eating rehab, the woman who had uh, overeating and bulimia, she like had a meltdown, and she was my favorite actress I think we've had in a long time. She did this monologue where she was like the worst thing. I'm the worst thing that you think you can be which is fat like every person in here the last person they want to be is me and i was like oh fuck like that's a struggle even in getting treatment for your own eating disorder yep like to know that you are the person that everyone in the room wants to be the least like (sighs) is awful (sighs) and like it's terrible too because I don't think anyone in, anyone in any room would ever say that to someone's face and be like, no. no, 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 no. Like, they'd be like, no, I don't – everyone just hates themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just such a magnified – yeah, it's tough It's tough to watch these movies. And, like, I'm kind of glad that – I mean, I'm always glad and I definitely choose movies that I know, like, the person that's talking about it can relate to it. If not, at the very least, just be sensitive to it. Yeah. And, like, we had, like, Ronnie do an eating disorder movie, Alison Rosen, who was, like, a long history of being very public about eating disorders. Like, I love when we have someone on who can, like, relate to the specific struggle, especially. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do something like an eating disorder movie with someone who doesn't, like, know the tea. Yeah, yeah. And or at least experiences that, like, and some of the things that, like, she's experiencing with her mom, just kind of moderating as, like, I've had things with, like, 
other family members. It's like sometimes when I go home for a reunion, like my dad was in the hospital recently, like August. And it was like a kind of touch and go situation. And his brother came to visit him. His older brother came to visit him. And he literally, the first thing he said when he saw me was like, Oh, I didn't recognize you. You had gained so much weight. I, I didn't, I almost didn't recognize you. And like nobody else said anything in the room. And I was just like, I haven't seen you so long because you're a fucking asshole. And he just sat down and started talking to my dad. <laughs> and then after he left, my dad was like, don't pay attention to him. He, you know, we all know that he's a, I was he's like, an don't asshole. worry. Like only 34 years I have to overwrite of like that piece of shit. Yeah. Like he's feeling just, like don't he worry. comment on my body. Yeah. It was just like, don't worry. You know, he's, you know, he's just an <laughs> asshole. Like don't worry about him. And it's just like, well, no, I mean, but he shouldn't feel comfortable to be able to say that to me. It sucks because, like, it goes both ways because he shouldn't. But in life, like, there are always going to pe- be people that don't act right. Yeah. They're not going to. Like, you, like, it sucks. Like, you always have to deal with assholes. Like, if if you could, like, avoid every single one, it would be, like, sick. But, like, you never know who they're going to be either. Yeah. You can have someone close to you forever and find out that they, like, are sick-minded and feel a certain way. Like, yeah. But I'm just going to always call them an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> From now on. True. The other thing that I like to say is that, like, oh, if they tell me that I have gotten fatter since the last time that they've seen me. I will just tell them that they've gotten a lot older since the last time they've seen me. I think that's good. Yeah. I'm very – I avoid conflict. I, like, didn't – I can say what I wish I would say, but, like, I just won't say it. I know that to be true of me. I just feel like I'm at, I am got to a place where I was, like, tired of swallowing it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like they – if if anything, I want them to feel as equally – you know, at some point, uncomfortable. I'm pro- yeah, as equally as uncomfortable to know exactly what they're saying because they treat it as such a like, oh, why are you being so sensitive? But it's like, no, it's actually like a real thing that I beat myself up about enough. Yeah, and I don't, and it's also very rude to like comment on someone's weight, especially like, why would you comment on someone gaining weight? Right. You know, unless they were like, <laughs> you know, coming out of like having severe cancer treatment and they're like gaining weight and they're getting back to like normal health. Yeah. <laughs> No, I you know. You look good. You put some weight on you. No, like, it it's never. It's never that. Yeah. So I get this. It's uncomfortable, man. Yeah. Let's play 3909 to 4136. What's wrong? What's wrong? Get out. Mom, something's Maggie, darling, what's wrong? Stop, 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 stop. stop, stop. Why? What? What's the point? But don't do this to yourself. It's too late. This is who I am. It's your fault. You made me this way. How could you let me get so not what I expected and I don't think I can deal with it anymore see this is what worries me you're taking this personally I thought this whole election was about standing up for your school not showing off how much money you can spend have you seen Tara's posters they cost more than my house 
and they practically scream, vote for me because I'm skinny, but don't vote for Maggie because she's not. Miss Baker, I think it would be best for you and best for the school if you dropped out of the race. So you want me to quit? I want to protect you and the school from a potentially hurtful situation. Kicking me out of the race isn't hurtful? Now, I appreciate that dropping out is a disappointment. I, I came in here to quit. So stop pretending like you're saving me some kind of heartache. We both know what this is about. Margaret, please, don't make this more uncomfortable than it has to this be. This isn't even about me. It's about you and everybody else who's so uncomfortable with a fat girl getting homecoming queen. I'm sorry you're taking it that way. That's the way it is. I'm fat, and if I wasn't, you wouldn't have asked me to drop out. So you know what? I'm not going to quit. And I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you. I'm not quitting. No one asked. Like, like literally, like, 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 imagine if that was at the DMV. Yeah. Like, she literally is just walking around, qu like, quitting and then not quitting. Like, quitting and then people are like, you know what? I mean... If you feel like this is what's best for you, like if I this, support that decision, you know, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like the bullying, it's got to stop. Maybe you should quit. How fucking dare you? <laughs> I've come this far for you to tell me I should quit. It's like at a certain point, Maggie, like I have certain people in my life where I'm like, spit it out. Like there are certain people where I'm like, spit it out. Like what is with the fucking preamble? Like, this is a thing that could take four seconds and you're giving it four minutes. Like, right. Maggie is, Maggie should be popping her head in and be like, oh, I don't know, should I still be going through with this? And someone's <laughs> like, yeah, Maggie. And then that's the scene should just skate right along. Yeah. Like, at this point, I'm starting to think, you know what, Maggie? Like, this isn't mentally healthy for you. No. You know, this is like, this is. Above the other reasons why this isn't for you right now, that this all started with the cruel prank. And this was never your destiny, nor did you want it to be. Yeah. You're like literally running everyone ragged with this. Yeah. You're ruining your relationships with your closest friends and family members in a time when you need support more than ever. She's become an emotional terrorist. That's like, that is honestly what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so unwell the way that she just flipped on a dime like that to her teacher. I'm like, I'm going to put her, we got to put her somewhere. We got to talk, put her with the counselor. It's Do a light 5150. Yeah. <laughs> 5150. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She does seem like she's harmful to herself and others. Like she's walking around popping off on everyone. So in the locker room, the girl with the blue hair is getting changed. And um, Maggie walks over and is like, how do you just like do that like that? <laughs> Which is like so rude. It's so rude. It's so rude. And she goes, you, you know what? Like, you have to. How do you just stand there with your, like, your gut all out? Yeah. It's like, how do you just let it, let all your cellulite go on the. <laughs> and the girl says to her, you know what? Like, you have to stop thinking of me as the other fat girl. <laughs> True. And I wrote, I love her. Maggie this says, is my favorite character. You don't see how people look at you. And she goes, Camille doesn't decide how I feel about myself. Like, who the Amazing. fuck is Camille, first of all? But like, yes. <laughs> but also she just like pulled out one character that hadn't been referenced at any other point. And she's like, well, Camille doesn't decide how I feel about myself. Um, and Maggie says, you know, I'm just not that bold. And you the know girl, what? this girl has been to therapy and the girl goes, 
the campaign's been pretty bold. And Maggie's like, I thought, you know, like you were against everything I do. And she goes, oh, no, I would have moved into a bomb shelter if Tara's posters had been directed at me. But Maggie, you know, you've got the balls to keep going in the face of all of this. Okay. Yeah. Um, after school, Liz defaces Tara's posters. She simply crosses at her face on all the posters and like her body. It's like very lame how she defaces them. Yeah. The principal comes and contained. in. contained. The principal comes in and sees this. And because they are defaced with stuff like skinny bitch, she assumes that it's Maggie, um, who's a part of all this. Um, and her mom is called. Later, they're at this like bake sale, sort of like voting for homecoming queen thing. Yeah. Some people say that they're voting for Maggie because she defaced the posters. At every turn, Liz's plans have blown up in her face. There is one character that says, uh, it's like, uh, they're talking to like, who are you going to vote for? And he says, he says, not Maggie. He's like, fat doesn't equal diversity. And I was like, who wrote that line? <laughs> like, who cares? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe someone who's like, I'm diverse. That doesn't represent me. Yeah, but I get I it. But it was just up. kind of like a lazy, fucked up way of doing it. And I think it was just like, it also illustrated where we were at the time of like, uh, wokeness in like movie dialogue. Like, that's what I think they were attempting slash like also the douche sort of like alt-right thing of being like, oh, like, you know, that doesn't like represent me. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Okay, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about the collective. So, the principal tells Maggie's mom that she understands why she doubt this version of events, but the day prior, Maggie was the one who complained to her about Tara's posters being extra, and she used the word skinny. So Maggie's in tears, and she said she didn't do it. The school has no proof that she did it. Her child is being reprimanded. She's gonna have her own title. T- she's gonna have her title taken away, even if she wins because of something she might not have done. Yeah. So the principal says that. Um, just yesterday, Maggie described Tara as skinny, and her mom's like, let me get this straight. Someone made a comment about a skinny girl, and now we're going to have to heap all of the blame on the overweight girl. The principal says that if the tables were turned, she'd be doing the same thing. And the mom goes nuts, saying that for three years, her daughter has been harassed and made to feel different at that school. And for the first time, she speaks up for herself. She's told to quit the campaign. What kind of message is that? Um, she's- I really love the mom energy that was coming off Annie Potts in the scene. I do, too. Yeah. Um, Not my baby. Not I my can't baby. say I know what that's like. Yeah. Like, my mom was just always really, like, tough on me. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd be like, well, what did you do? Like, did you say something that would make people think that you spray-painted those posters? Mm-hmm. Like, she would be, like, very, like... My mom would 100% call the cops on me if she thought that I murdered someone. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like... My mom has that any pots energy. And she'd be like, no, what did you think? What yeah. do you think she did? Yeah, but my mom would be yeah. like, Molly, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, my daughter. a couple things where she stood up for me, but, like, where I was, like, clearly, like, I had a woman I babysat for accuse me of reading her diary, and I was like, Mom, I fucking wish I knew that bitch had a diary. <laughs> like, or I absolutely would have read her diary. Um, And the way she made it seem, she's like, we've been journaling for, she says, like, We've been journaling for a really long time. My whole family journals. And it's like something that's very sacred and private to us. And like some book was taken out that like you would have only known if like they were journals. Like you would have only known that they were the journals if you had touched them. And I said to my mom, like, I've never even touched like a bookshelf in their house. Like what the fuck are they talking about? Like I like to this day, I feel so like did the husband read the journal and then like it. The blame fell on me. Like, did I inconsequentially, like, touch something? Like, not realizing, like... 
It was a journal. Yeah, like I don't even remember like running my hands over the books in this pe- in these people's home. It's so weird. If anything, like they would also be like, they'll call my mom and be like, Molly, we actually like caught her. She was watching TV like the whole time after the kids went to sleep. My mom would be like, so yeah, and she they'd be like. Like my mom's like, what do you want her to do? Like read with the fucking light off? Like yeah. what? You, like yeah, she's like. I also was like a reader too. So like yeah. that was always the weird thing. Where it's like, I think I was just a lame fucking kid, and so my mom knew when when I wasn't doing mischief because I was just like a a little goody two shoes. I remember my mom said that when she asked me about the diary thing, she's like, "Your face." Like I knew there was no way you were lying. Yeah. And I'm like, it probably was because I was like, are you f- like, I would have fucking loved to have read that. Like, if I was going to go down, like, I would have loved to have go down for something I actually did, which I probably would have delighted in. Yeah. You know, um, they were so weird. Um, but anyway. I know. It's like very Brett Kavanaugh almost like with the like journals, like his calendars, like my father would read from our calendars, well, like part our family journals. If any of it was even fucking true, like if they even had journals, like if this yeah. was just like about something else, like, I mean, I assume they did have journals. They were weird ass people. Yeah. I'm just like picturing them all like eight o'clock journaling hour and they're all like in their rooms journaling and stuff like that. And they all have like libraries devoted to like their volumes of journals. I still to this day cannot imagine. <laughs> That's where my this is where my brain has been going this whole time. Like, are they leather bound? Do they have their initials right. burned into them? Do they all look the same? The only thing like, I can even think of is if like I was by the phone and it was like a notepad and I like opened it to write something down because you like did that back then. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but like even then, I don't ever remember. Like I remember scanning like my pretty pristine ass brain, especially back then, for anything, nothing, right. So, that's a f- I'm sorry that hit me up young if you guys was- have had a change of mind and want me to read those journals. So, <laughs> her mom makes her promise that if her daughter wins, she will not be bullied into giving up her crown. We cut to the gym right before the votes are counted. It looks like Tara herself is about to vote for Maggie. And now we get the big announcement. 4627 to 4723. Please remember, if the winner is unable to fulfill her duties, the runner-up will wear the crown. For Junior Princess, Mallory Gilmore. Be sure to catch her editorial on gadget prices in this month's Yellow Jacket Report. And finally, for Homecoming Queen, Maggie Baker. First runner-up is Tara Connor. Good job, Maggie. Maggie wins. I teared up when she won, not going to lie. Yeah. And Tara's a great sport. She says, congrats, Maggie. You know, and we're only, uh, you know, we've still got a half an hour left to this fucking movie. I, that's so, what's some surprise. I'm like, the movie should have ended on this note. Like. Right. But, like, we know she's going to win. Right. It's a movie. But right. did we want a little bit more than two more times of her almost quitting? <laughs> that's what I would have liked. I would have liked at least, like, a dicier third quit, you know? Yeah. 
But um, we're back at school. It's a busy day. Maggie's exhausted. And um, she says to Casey that she just wants to watch a junkie 80s movie that night. But Casey says that she has a date with Devin. And Maggie's like, you didn't tell me, like, you and Devin got a lot more serious. And Casey's like, well, you've been busy. And um, during fucking temper tantrums, how is it not about you? The cafeteria applauds for her. And, like, in part because of Casey's work. Like, yeah. this all was leading up to, like, her reveal. Like, everyone's been voting for you. Like, yeah, I have a boyfriend, but I guess you didn't fucking ask, right? So, um, when she checks out the lunch line, the entire uh, – I did that already. And Sorry. Casey was, like, kind of willing to let that slide. What? The, like, the fact that she, like, you know, she was like, hey, you've been busy. Like, fine, whatever. Like, I have a boyfriend. Casey was willing to let that slide. The fact that, like... She did. Yeah. She did let that slide. Yeah. Yeah. She the fact that, like, Maggie has been so self-absorbed in this campaign that she wouldn't... She didn't let her talk, you know, ask about her life. Right. Yeah. She kind of let that slide. Like, no. I mean, she didn't just let it slide. Like, by the... Maggie Buster chops a little bit. And in, in, on the other side of that chop busting was an entire cafeteria clapping for Maggie. She more than let it slide. Like, Casey's always been a cheerleader for her. Yeah. She set her up for that next applause. So, Maggie and her mom are at the house. And Maggie says that she thought she was going to lose after um the posters. But eventually... Sorry. Maggie and her mom are at her house, and Maggie says that she thought she was going to lose after the poster fiasco, but enough people thought she couldn't do it or liked that she did. Her mom said that she wouldn't, um, that people wouldn't believe that she did it even if she did. And she's like, thanks, mom. And I'm like, I don't really know what that compliment is. <laughs> um, she tells her mom that she did, is grateful for all that she did to help her with this. You know, basically this moment is making up for everything. Maggie meets with a reporter for the school paper. She's being interviewed. Let's play 49 minutes to 51.57. I thought for sure when I saw Tara's posters I was sunk, but I guess enough people didn't think I could do it. I didn't really care if I did. Well, I don't think that anybody would think that you could do a thing like that, even if you wanted to. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. I finally feel like I'm on the inside or something. I mean, there's still plenty of people who are hoping I get some kind of fatal disease and terror gets crowned in my place. Well, we'll just have to keep you in a plastic bubble until you get that crown right on your head. <laughs> Mom, um, without your help with Principal Gabriel and everything, I probably wouldn't get a chance to wear the crown, so thanks. Welcome. Maggie, thanks for agreeing to this interview with the Eagle Ridge Courier. I'd like to ask you first, what makes having a plus-size homecoming queen so threatening? You can say that. I hate the term plus-size. It makes me feel like I've won something. (laughs) Okay. What makes having a fat queen so threatening? It's not just about homecoming. It's about everything. I see looks all the time that people give me. Like just now, when I took a bite of the cookie... You were thinking, should she really be eating that? I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, it's not okay, but everybody does it. And I think that's what I'm trying to show people. Not sure I understand. No offense, Miss Phillips, but you wouldn't. You're thin and pretty. I grew up a black woman in an all-white community in Minnesota. I had my share of problems. And I'm sure somebody told those kids that were mean to you that they were being racist. It just seems like it's okay for people to hate fat people. Like it's some kind of acceptable discrimination. Dare I ask the big question? Do I want to lose weight? 
My mom's worried that I'm gonna get diabetes like my dad. And it scares me that I could die. But it makes me mad. I feel like people would like me better if I was thinner. So if you knew people would treat you better if you lost weight, aren't you just punishing yourself? I guess. This homecoming thing isn't a joke. It started out as a way to get back at the people who nominated me. But now, I know I'm not the type of girl that makes the boys come running. And I don't have the cool clothes because they don't make them in my size. But I really want this now to be accepted. It's not a joke, not to me. Can you please tell them that? So two things there. Obviously, the bigger issue, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, I just want to say that, like, conversationally, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone's trying to demonstrate a point to me and they decide to put a word in my mouth to prove a point. Yeah. And, like, when she was like, see, like, when I just took a bite of that cookie just then, you thought, did she really need that? I'd be like, don't fuck. Like, I'd have a hard time moving past that. Yeah. Because I'd be like, don't fucking put that on me. Yeah. Like, maybe that's what society is thinking. But, like, I'm not a fucking cunt, dude. Yeah. Like, I actually wasn't thinking that. And yeah. I think that that's actually, like, I definitely will say a lot of times I I take such exceptions to generalizations like that. Because I'm like, no, man. If I can say one thing about me is that I was not judging you for that. Like, it's, I hate it. I, I think it's like the worst way to relate to a person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that we're really focusing on here is that her traumas are in fact affecting every single interaction she has where she's yeah. just assuming and she's projecting like the past ways that she's been received in the world to every single future interaction that she has. And so everything's going to have that tinge of like, you know, she she's just going to automatically assume everyone thinks the way that she does every time, every step that she moves in the world that way. Everyone's looking at her and thinking that she shouldn't be eating. Yeah, I feel like intimidating and shaming people is like a very hard, yeah. harsh way to get across um, a point. Um, there's also this overlying issue here, which is that she's speaking to a black female reporter and talking to her. Like, it's so also, it's so white. It's also so teenage. Yeah. To think that, like, your experience as an overweight teenager could possibly trump any and all pain that this woman could have ever experienced. Yeah. Like, it's beyond this woman to experience anything. And I'm also thinking, like, well, if her relatives are overweight, they're fat and black. I was like, it's an, it, being fat is an, a universal issue. Yeah. That's one thing that everyone, everyone has in common everyone's fat yo but like no it's true like they're that that doesn't know any discrimination it also just acknowledges like her perception of racism is reduced down to like again this is something that we talk a lot about in terms of like how we talk about racism society her point of view is just reduced down to actions and things that people say versus she watches the cosby show the larger systemic issues of racism in the in this country yeah yeah she definitely got her racial lessons from tgi yeah she's like somebody's talking to the somebody's talking to them and telling them what you said is racist and i'm like probably not actually if it's a predominantly like white community right not right and like also people i don't give a fuck yeah (laughs) or if they do say something they're like you don't say that in public yeah you don't say that in public <laughs> yeah, exactly you don't say that in public exactly 
Um, so the other big issue too is then she goes like, do you want to lose weight? And she goes, well, my mom's afraid I'm going to die of diabetes like my dad. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a good concern. Yeah. Like that is a pretty relevant right up there on the short list of, of immediate concerns. Right. And then it also gives Annie Potts' character like agency in terms of like why she's poking at her so much. That's 100% why she's doing that. Because like the, it's weird that she almost takes it like a competitive thing with her mom. Yeah. Cause like the way that she sees her mom is this beauty queen who's looking down on her. When in fact, like we don't really hear anything about Annie Potts, like in terms of in a lot of lifetime movies, the mom's a former beauty queen or the mom they was get, this or they that. They kind of do get like that when she's talking to a butch woman in the school later on. <laughs> yeah yeah that but, she's kind of like always the beautiful one like whatever and like you and i have a complicated like a history about that because our moms are also pretty yeah pretty ladies yeah and like it it also though annie potts is never sort of like come on sweetie like you could do better like yeah. it's never that tone it's always like i don't want to like turn you into anything you're not but like i'm afraid for you and yeah. that That's came out when she said, you know, to her mom, like, why did you let me get this fat? Like, that broke my heart. Yeah. Because, like, that is no fun for anyone. Yeah. Because as the child, you really are looking at your parent being like, why didn't you stop this? And as a parent, you feel fucking helpless, I can imagine. Because, yeah. like, you know, you try your best. And, like, also this daughter has a serious problem. She's binge eating alone in her ne- – like, you know, yeah. I mean, mom also doesn't have control over everything that's happening. She's working all the time. She tries her best with healthy meals and snacks and treats and stuff like that, but she can't monitor everything. Yeah. And that actually, I think, was a relatable experience for me is my mom kept everything in the house really healthy. Yeah. But especially around the time that I started making my own money, like, you know, like, I'd go buy myself, like, six packs of Diet Coke and, like, all of a sudden, like, I had these things and – like, my eating, like, very well, like, was less and less prioritized because my mom got more and more busy. So I, she was able to leave me more and make more money, which was great because I had college coming up. But, yeah. like, it – your diet does start to go for sure. And I actually was like, God, that is such, like, a – that is such a profound moment between them because, like, her mom did and didn't let her get fat. Yeah. You know, part of it was, like, she – was genetically predisposed to that situations yeah. and circumstances and like obviously the dopamine and self-soothing like when she sat down on that kitchen floor with that tub of mint chocolate chip ice cream like i told you i said it's like a second air the way that nikki blonsky consumes this ice cream in this scene was wild to me because i can't imagine being that upset and being like i'm gonna eat my way out of this yeah but i thought she was gonna choke like the yeah. you know and like that's actually that's like that happens like i know people that have done that like i've had friends that have been like oh my god i just ate so fast i threw it all up and it's like that happens you yeah. know that really happens i also was just thinking like what's the alternative to that that she's like hyper vigilant about what her child had been eating and like that in turn also creates like eating disorder like habits like within so like what is the perfect way to parent like someone's food intake like that's how do you teach them at a young age and if they're predisposed to being a little bit like on the curvier side like how do you do it while still like making how do you do it to make sure that they feel comfortable about their body but that they're also eating healthy and like it's hard i can't imagine and that's like before financial limitations present themselves and like you know, whatever else. I mean, like, at a certain point, you have to have a, let a child have, like, it's a teenager rather have their own, like, free will or whatever. Yeah. You can't keep an 18-year-old on a diet. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it sucks. It was like very relatable, very stinging. So people at school are eating up Maggie's interview, LOL. Casey <laughs> tells her that she and Devin went out the night before. Things are going really fast between them. It's going... Mm. Maggie's like, but did you read the article? And Casey's like, hey, listen, can we like talk about something else for a second? Like something that's important to me? And Maggie's like, yeah, 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 of course. So as soon as like they start to get into Casey's thing again, another girl comes buzzing over and grabs Maggie and she's like, oh, we got to talk about fucking homecoming or something. So outside school, Liz mm-hmm. is going on about how can we just let Maggie, um, how can we just let Maggie win? And Tara's finally like, please tell me that you were not responsible for the spray paint. And Liz lies to, um, to her and tells her that she didn't, but what if she had? Tara's boyfriend tells her that she's a runner-up. When Maggie drops out, she will be the queen. Tara says it's not that big of a deal. Maggie won. Let her chill and drink her latte, okay? It's senior year. She wants to chill. Like, Maggie, like, Tara has been expressing this entire movie that she, like, really does not give a fuck whether or not she, like, or for, like, the most of the movie, she doesn't really care. Yeah. Doesn't care at all. Liz and her boyfriend and um, Tara's boyfriend talk about how Tara's last, uh, this is her last chance to win. She deserves it and they're going to figure out a way how. So he's part of the stage construction for Homecoming and it's very clear that he's going to try and fuck with the stage so that Maggie falls. That fucking him drawing up the schematics and doodling, like, he, they, they spent way too long on this scene of him, like, investigating the, like, float infrastructure like, no offense like no fucking he, he would just just take out one of the brackets yeah like, literally beginning and end yeah. that's it Do yeah you, they showed him like engineering he's like i know i'm gonna do it you guys yeah i'm like well he's gonna be a very talented carpenter but yeah. like, also he's a bad person <laughs> so um he rigged the stage that maggie will fall he brags about his pantalas and uh her scummy guy friends but Casey walks into the school bathroom and overhears the two girls that gossip loudly while taking shits. Um, <laughs> and they, like, overhear the plan to sabotage. And um, Casey runs out to Maggie and she's telling her, like, be careful getting on the stage. Be careful. But she's not able to really tell her why. And the coach just explains to her, like, get up on the, you know, you're going to sit on the, whatever it's called, the chariot or something. And um, for some reason, Casey doesn't go, like, hey, don't sit on that. Right? They've rigged it. <laughs> And so there's this, like, humiliating scene where exactly what they want to happen happens, and Maggie goes toppling down off the stage. It looks actually very dangerous. Yeah. They could have really, really hurt her. Yeah. And it's also just, like, I mean, I guess that is, like, very, like, high school play. Like, they have you standing on, like, scaffolding or whatever. But, like, it seems, like, very irresponsible for the school to put this very overweight girl on two pieces of plywood. It was shoddy. (laughs) It was shoddy. It was shoddy construction. Yeah, it's like just it. But also, why didn't the friend just shout out like they rigged the chairs? You're gonna, it's gonna break when you fall. Right? Like, was she trying to keep it a secret that she knew what was going on? I think that she thought like it would be humiliating for her to do that. But like, I obviously the end result was more humiliating. Yeah, yeah. Also, I should say that it seemed like half the school was there to witness this at the time. Right. Maggie's humiliated and tells Casey in the bathroom that it wasn't enough to frame them for vandalism or make fun of her. Now she has to stoop to this level. Let's play 56, 51 to 59, 36. What do you want from me, Maggie? To shave Liz's head? Maybe. (laughs) Oh, Mags. I'll see you later. And the hits just keep on coming. Nobody wants an ugly queen. Popular girl have it. Let things get back to the way they were. But the way things were isn't good enough for me. Hmm. 
We don't know anything about how that float collapsed, do we? Of course you don't. After all, a prank like that is not only dangerous, it constitutes hazing, which the school strictly prohibits. Hazing? Big Mac is not an athlete. Do you know the penalty for hazing at the school? Suspension. Expulsion from the team or any other group, such as a social committee. That's expulsion for the perpetrating student's entire time at Bird High School. Not to mention what it will look like on your college applications. I guess it's a good thing you don't know anything about that prank. You see, I told you she had nothing on. Yeah, and I told you to drop it. Ooh, where'd you get that? I left it in my car. I'm just trying to help. I don't care. Hurting Maggie isn't gonna help me. Let her be queen, okay? She really wants it, and I never did. I'm sorry. Okay, you just seem so upset. Liz said that it was... Oh, you know, I should have known that this had a little Miss Machiavelli flavor to it. Trip, can we have a moment? Go. That was twisted, Liz. She could have cracked her skull. I'm sorry. God, why is it so important to you that I be queen? I couldn't get enough signatures to run. What? You don't get it. Things are just handed to you. Not all of us get to date football studs or be prom queen, but every year working on your campaign, people kiss my ass, and I got a taste of what it's like to be you. And she took it from me. Liz, maybe if you weren't such a bitch Well up, Tear. We don't live in a shiny, happy world where people just like us for what's inside. Oh, my God. They like you because you're pretty. Well, maybe that's true. But somehow, I thought my best friend would be different. Tear, no. If you don't mind climbing off my coattails, I'm late for class. You don't get it, Mal. I don't. Maggie's working on her college applications at the kitchen table. Her mom tells her that she could write an essay about this whole homecoming thing. The phone rings. Her mom is thrilled. She hangs up and tells her that they want her to be on Good Morning Greenville. They need to go shopping. Okay, this is 1 minute uh, 19 seconds to 103.18. They want you to be on Good Morning Greenville. (laughs) Hello. My daughter and I were wondering if you had a... I saw the article in the paper. Been telling everyone you shop here. Hey, Alan. You got anything for me? Oh, we got a lot of good stuff. Got some good jeans for once. You'd think with the average size being 14 in this country, they'd make some plus-size jeans that fit right. Well, jeans are too casual. I'm going to be on Good Morning Greenville. Oh, well, then we better find you something good. They got a lot of great stuff here, Mags. Yeah, they do. I've been coming here for about three years, and Ellen always helps me out. I mean, there aren't many places I can shop. When I go into a regular store, they look at me like I'm from Pluto. So? Oh, cute. Oh, girl, you look good. Mom, can we afford this? Hey, you're going to be on TV. Work it out. Work it, girl. You like it? I love it. Welcome back, Greenville. We're here with local hero, Maggie Baker. In spite of harsh bullying, including breaking into her locker to steal petition sheets and sabotaging the homecoming float, 
Maggie is Bird High School's new homecoming queen. Now, Maggie, you're not what most people think of as the traditional homecoming queen. What made you decide to run? Actually, it started off as a really cruel joke. The popular kids thought it'd be really funny to nominate the fat girl as queen. Well, it looks like the joke's on them. In high school, people think it's what you look like that makes you who you are, and it's just not. I decided to run to show everybody that you don't have to be perfect to represent your school. I'm representing all the kids that aren't jocks and aren't cheerleaders and that can't shop in the cool stores. Maggie, if these popular kids that nominated you were here right now, what would you want to say to them? I'd ask them, what did I do to deserve everything that they've put me through? All the name calling, the campaign tampering, the float. What is it about me that is so threatening that they feel like they just have to beat me down? Some people are calling you a role model. Is there anything you'd like to say to other victims who might be watching? Stay strong. There'll always be jerks out there, but they can't get you down unless you let them. When I first was nominated, nobody backed me up. Nobody believed that a big girl could beat out the pretty thin girl. So you were a one-woman army against these bullies. You bet. I faced everybody putting me down. I fought against a lot of hard stuff, and I had to get 150 signatures twice. I ran a really hard campaign, and I won. And you've proved success is the best revenge. I guess I did. So she sells out her entire friend group, leaves them all in the dust, makes it sound like it was Maggie versus the world. She was the only one champion championing herself and in fact like there was a whole team around her there was a lot of times that maggie wasn't even there for herself and other people were yeah because she was quitting for the seventh or eighth time so casey's you know everyone's goodwill is spent casey's fucking done yeah um she's tired of this maggie versus the world routine and a lot of other kids who worked hard for as well everything i just said we are too I know. I, well, I've been sick. <laughs> Casey tells her that she's um still acting like the underdog, even though she's been on top for a while. Even her crush is against her. He says that she's acting like a victim because she's made herself that. Yeah. Maggie runs over after Casey, and Devin tells her that she doesn't want to talk right now. There's the fight between them. So it's interesting. I like that they did this like whole fight in literally a minute. Yeah. It was the same thing with Booksmart last night, I noticed, yeah. too, where it was like this whole movie – Mounted up and like if you read anything about it, you knew that there was a big fight as there is in any movie. There's going to be that like moment where the characters are divided. Yeah. But it lasted literally like one minute and 30 seconds. And that's how long this was too. Of course, now this ends with physical violence. Um, Maggie pushes Casey over and she hits her head on a bicycle spoke that yeah. like happens to be going by. And again, like, this is, like, kind of a pretty big layer of assault, like, as is is also the chair that, like, broke the little, like, thing that they did. Like, that also, like, is attempted murder in some, in some cases, okay? Like, literally, like, I I mean, it's not assault with a deadly weapon, but it's, like... It's manslaughter. If something had happened to her, like, and she died, that would have been man, man too. (laughs) Fuck damn tara's boyfriend catching a man that's what too that is, is when you kill someone and you don't mean to. involuntary yeah, yeah involuntary manslaughter mm. women's so, slaughter she, that's what she would have gotten too for pushing casey into that bike wheel that would have been a different lifetime movie yeah i would like that, <laughs> that movie. Yeah. that's what i need to see what are you in for i killed my best friend because i shoved her after i got prom queen so maggie is like i'm suspended like she does like her like 
Wait, what? what? I'm suspended? Like, I don't fucking know what's wrong with her. Like, what Care Bear lives inside of her? Like, she is. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a Care Bear. It's not an wow. earnestness. It's a Care Bear. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Like, she's so <laughs> fucking tortured. Nikki Blonsky, I mean. I'm not even. <laughs> I mean, Nikki Blonsky truly, like, let me in, baby. Like, let me into that brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like want to. I it will drive me crazy, guys. If you know what I'm talking about, what Nikki Blonsky is, please tell me. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Okay, my head is itchy. So Maggie cries alone in a bathroom stall, surprised that she's been suspended from this. Um, it's the most dramatic thing ever. Tara's in there, and so is Liz. Liz confronts Tara, and Tara says she's done with this. Liz is like loser, and Tara looks at her and goes, "You sir, <laughs> it's cutting." Tara tells Maggie that she knows she didn't ruin the posters. It was her, um, it's what her friend who was mad that she didn't do what she said did, kind of like she did on television. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, Tara's like, "We both know what it's like to be shitty people. Like yeah. you know how Liz was shitty towards me. It's kind of like how you shat on all your friends on TV. Except she doesn't. She's doing it like as a nice girl. Like she's trying to be nice about it. Yeah." But, you know, no one can draw a comparison in this movie without slamming this girl at every turn. I know. So, Tara says that she may um, have sold her friends and everyone else out, but she likes what she said about not having to be perfect. And that she's glad Maggie won because new people have to see her as something other than just the pretty girl. By the way, I voted for you. Don't you love someone who's like, I mean, finally, like, once I get, like, being the pretty girl behind me. Yeah. Like... It's an unlikable sentiment, but like also like having a perception thrown on you from any angle is not great. Yeah. It just. Yeah. This whole movie, I was trying to figure out who they would be now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is Tara running a nonprofit organization? Like, what is someone like Tara doing? Is she like, she would be like a goop situation. I will tell you that like, and I've said this before, I think on this podcast, and I don't like ride or die for this mentality, but I have met a couple people that I'm like, your life is probably worse because you're so good looking. Okay. Like, you're so smart that it's, like, difficult to take it seriously, though, because you're also so good-looking. That's kind of like the Michelle Pfeiffer, like, complex. It's like, Michelle Pfeiffer is actually a really great actress, but yeah. I think she's so good-looking that people just don't pay attention to that. Right. No, I think that that's true. I think that's true. I mean, it's also, like... There was a lot of amazing things. People are really impressed when an att- attractive person can pull out a performance. That's the truth, is they're always, like... George Clooney, like, he can fucking, he acted his ass up. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the entry level position for the job yeah. of like a leading yeah. actor in a movie. Yeah. But like, typically, like, no, like a lot of the best looking actors are not the best actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just don't, yeah, I think in certain, certain circumstances, like, it would be very unfortunate if like, you know, if certain people weren't seen for as smart as they are. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Cindy small, Crawford. It's a, small, it's a small problem, but it's a problem. Yeah. Um. So, 109.06 to 111.46. Oh, so this is the mom getting dressed down by her coworker who's like, you've always been attractive. Yeah. This is exactly why I didn't want her to run because I knew those children would be cruel to her. Sure. Because you're no different. Excuse me? 
Do you hear yourself? You assumed that no one could look past her size because you can't look past it. You look at her the same way those jerk kids do. That is so not true. That that and that is completely different. They 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 want to hurt her. I love her. I'm trying to protect her. It doesn't matter that you have good intentions. Maggie thinks that all you see when you look at her is a fat girl. A disappointment. <laughs> Maggie ran for homecoming and won. Do you know how amazing that is? Do you get the strength that it takes at 17 to stand up and say, "Yeah, I'm different. Maybe I'm not a supermodel." But just because I'm fat doesn't mean that I don't have qualities worth admiring. God. I couldn't do that at her age. I couldn't do it either. And I know she's amazing and I'm so proud of her. But I I'm worried about her health, Sarah. That that's there, you know. And I can't help but think that that the best way that I can help her is to try and help her lose a little weight. I mean, don't you ever think do I wish I was thinner? Sometimes. There're always going to be struggles. For me, it's the bitch at the gym that stares at my thighs in the steam room. And how does that make you feel? I just remind myself that I'm smart, I'm funny, and I'm beautiful. And my boobs are way bigger than hers. <laughs> What am I going to do about Maggie? Right now, you can get her a kick-ass dress. So where the fuck did did this woman come from? That's what I was trying to figure out because I thought she was at the school, but I think it's at her her mom's. Yeah, job. so I think it's like her mom's social worker friend. Yeah, and like they've been working together for a long time. I mean, I don't know if they went all the way back to high school, but they definitely have a very long road that they've traveled yeah. with one another. And um, uh, you know, Lifetime does this. They have a lot of nerve sometimes to like towards the end bring up someone who could have shed more light onto this whole situation yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. You know, and they also do this when they bring in So at the end of this obviously mom and Maggie are all like in good spirits. So Maggie's listening to music in her room and her mom comes in and tells her that, you know, you barely touched your dinner and Maggie's like, "Congratulations, Maggie, your fat ass skipped a meal for once." Like, and her mom's like, "That's not what I mean." I'm oh my god. And she's like, "Also, I spoke to the school and they said that you can still come to homecoming if you want." And Maggie's like, "Whatever. They win." And mom's like, Look, if you don't want to be homecoming queen, that's fine, but don't sabotage yourself cuz you're afraid. And I'm like, "Listen, I'm starting to think this whole thing, it's just not going to work out." No. Like I'm sitting at home being like, "Guys, take a sign from the universe. Like I if know. this was an engagement, yeah. Like I, this would be everyone in your life would be like, oh, "I'm not pulling a trigger on the registration until yeah. I can get some more info on what's <laughs> yeah. going on here." Like I would assume like don't plan on popping a tag off or anything. Like, honey, they're done. So, 
evil mom comes into the room and she goes, she really is clueless. Hey, want to order a pineapple pizza and numb out? <laughs> Fucking I loved pizza. that. Want to order a pineapple pizza and numb out? Like, that is so, like, <laughs> who hasn't? Who amongst us hasn't ordered a pineapple pizza and numbed out? It's just ruthless to hear, like, a six-year-old woman be like, numb out. Like, yeah. it's like, ew. Like, <laughs> it's fucking fuck. Dark. That's up there where, like, get your dick wet. Like, it's just, like, so <laughs> visceral. Like, numb out. Like, you're like, like, Oh, like that fucking dopamine has to hit and then fat Maggie's gonna lay back in bed and just space out till the morning. Like, what do you think goes on with pizza, evil mom? I don't know. Numb out. Numb out. Like you fuck like just Is that take what happens your when hit, that, bitch. It's like when the carbohydrates hit your body, you stream and you're kinda just like numbing yeah. out. I don't know. Well, I mean it's like a like a sex addict or like any <laughs> other kind of addict. Like you just gotta go get your dopamine and fucking chill. So they never wanted to touch you. Doesn't a chocolate sundae sound good about right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. What does that even? I didn't even know what that come from. That comes from Maggie's mom going, they will not. You are so fierce. They can't even touch you. And evil mom goes, they never wanted to touch you. Doesn't a chocolate sundae sound good about now? Maggie tells regular <laughs> mom that homecoming won't change anything. She's just a big loser. This goes on between Maggie and ghost mom and regular mom over and over again. Um, cause she's, they're very tedious individuals. And Maggie has a meltdown in her room once her mom leaves and her ghost mom turns into herself in the mirror and then she, she smashes it. Yeah. And I just wrote this girl's a fucking nightmare. Like <laughs> she's a nightmare person. And again, what is like going on where like, is she talking to her mom? What's going on during the time she's talking to her ghost mom? Oh, I think she's just like disassociating. But then what's the real mom doing? Sitting there watching her daughter space out? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> My God. She's, I would be like, she's having a stroke. This has been, it's been 30 seconds. <laughs> so, can you imagine giving someone a compliment and then just like snapping out of it and spacing off for 30 seconds? Like staring intent, well, like not even spacing out. They'd be like angrily engaged with something. <laughs> You're like, it's oh my weird. god, it's weird. Are you hearing voices? It's like, yeah, I don't, ugh, it's weird. I don't, the execution on this was weird. Maggie walks up to her crush the next day and asks him if, uh, he had a reaction to her interview, um, if it's, if it's gotten any better. And he says, oh wait, sorry. Maggie walks up to her crush the next day and asks him if the interview reaction from like the school has gotten any better. And he says that when she came on, um, she sounded like a glory hound and he was ticked off. He didn't like that version of her. She said she doesn't deserve to be homecoming queen. Oh my gosh. He, accuse, he accuses her of being selfish. This isn't just about her. It never has been. People built her up. She says it was out of pity and he says they did it because they love you. And like at this point, I'm kind of like, well, if it's for everyone else, like this is a lot to put her through. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, when you put it that way, it does sound like she's been jumping through hoops. Yeah. No wonder she's quit 11 times. But again, this comes back to like that class tokenism where they're like, mm, the guy with like no face. Like we get made most beautiful guy, <laughs> like no face guy. Well, it's like, half does, a face. Do you think fucking half a face guy like feels good about that? Like he's probably still here be like, yeah, I have half a face. Like, first of all, this yearbook thing doesn't mean anything to me. I'm missing <laughs> half of my face. I have to go through the rest of my life severely disfigured. Explaining this to every person I mean. Do you think this yearbook thing means anything to me? No, but it means something to you because you get to say the guy with half a face was in your yearbook. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Certain point, when is it for you? When is it for others? Yeah, that's true. If you're out there with half a face, <laughs> God. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. 
I have a lazy eye. Um, <laughs> I just want to say I'm not perfect either. <laughs> um, he accuses her of being selfish. Okay, so it's time for it's time to cave for the twentieth time. That is and go really to like the vibe that you're having at this point in the movie. You're just like blah blah blah. blah. Like let's like what's going on? Like, yeah, this, this is up. like you guys know when I get to the blah 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 blahs, and when I've done given so much to the rest of this shitty movie that you're not missing anything. So she caves and goes to homecoming eventually. Blah blah blah. One of the popular girls comes into the bathroom and sees Casey's healing her wounds still. Then we're gonna hear Maggie watching video clips of people who are inspired by her new story. Oh, this is iconic. Oh, I hated this. What do you mean you hated this? Why would you hate this? It was just so awkward. No, it's and like, awful. It's Christy. awful. It's, it's so like awful. the worst. I would be like, you know what? Just none of these girls are in, like forget first- homecoming. I'm gonna take my life. This uh, is like the first, the first one, the first person talking is like a, a woman in her forties. Like, yeah, she's like, you make me feel better. I'm like, ma'am, you are not a high school student. I heard what happened. Sorry about your face. Thanks. Some people are just not cut out to be a queen. Ironic, huh? If she'd never been elected, she might never have been suspended. You're right. If she had never become queen, the school may never have taken a hard line against bullying. Maggie may have acted like a jerk, but at least she knows it. Do you? I'm afraid it's time to say your prayer. Hey Maggie, I read about you becoming homecoming queen. That's so cool. I'm I'm a big girl too, as you can see. But now I don't care what the other kids say. When I heard about what happened to you, it made me so angry. You see, my daughter is also overweight. Thank you for being a good role model. Hey Maggie, uh, I'm Hannah. Thanks for not giving up. My daughter's also overweight, so thank you. <laughs> like, what kind of sad it gets better, like, version is this? When they're just like, mm, you know what? This is why it's get be- it gets better needed to be more universal. Yeah. Because it's like, look, we don't need to do this for each individual group. Bottom no. line is that you're not going to care as much about shit as you do in high school. Things will change. Yeah. Life gets better. It it's doesn't just, really, but you get better at handling it. It's like, just be called like high school sucks for everybody. Yeah. No, seriously, dead ass. I swear to God, it sucks for everyone. Everybody. No exceptions. And not it, even Elon Musk. Look, and if it didn't suck for you, like it, like memories of like you, your, your former glory must suck for you. Did you know Elon Musk has five kids? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he has five sons. He divorced his first first wife, and then he was like That's briefly right. engaged to like an an actress. And I saw, I found that out because I watched like this interview with him, and the actress was basically like, "Yeah, my parents like fucking hate it that I'm engaged to him. They like had a heart attack, and um, it's not yeah. the kids are kind of the worst part. But we're gonna see where this oh. goes. Like she, it like she's engaged to this man. She goes, we're gonna we're gonna see where this goes. And like Elon Musk has this look on his face, like. This is the fucking first I've heard of this. Wow. But all this is to say is that I think that Elon Musk was a late in life virgin. I would put money on that, yeah. I'd say 19, 20. Is 19 late in life virgin? For, I think, like a rich high school guy, like a rich guy, probably, yeah. yeah. I say this because I was 19 when I lost my virginity. No, I think that that's like normal. I think that that's <laughs> normal. I think anywhere between, I would say, honestly, this is disgusting, but anywhere between probably... 15 and 22 yeah. is like normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ish. 
Thanks. And it should not be lower. And if it has to be higher or if it's a religious, whatever, no one's going to make fun of you. Yeah. I do love a stray, you know, 26-year-old virgin, a little bit of like what's going on with that. But mm. I also respect, you know. Yeah. Everybody's on a journey. Yeah. I, I just want to know more about it, you know. Yeah. Everyone's running their own race, you guys. This is not speaking of virgins. This is a totally – I want to be clear. This is not what made me think of that. But do you know who I thought this whole movie probably loves this movie? What? What? Tina the Diva. Oh, you know what we should? Yeah, I'll ch- I'll check in with her about this. Movie. I want to ask her because I know Tina the Diva probably loves her some queen size. Yeah. This is this is right up her alley. Yeah, feel good, Nikki Blonsky, Flav, independence, queenhood, women, body body positivity. This is all yeah. te- checks all of her yeah. boxes. Yeah. Struggles, high school queen queen mm-hmm. drama. Yeah, that that is totally my girl. So um, Maggie walks around her room and throws away all of her hidden snack cakes. This scene goes on for a solid minute. She had snack cakes in every single corner of her room. Um, Her mom catches her throwing out all the food as she's doing laundry. Maggie comes inside and takes the basket from her mom and tells her, you know what? I've got this. You should go have a glass of wine or something. Oh, my God. Finally. And she goes, Mom, by the way, I'm sorry. And her mom's like, for what? She's like, everything. And it's like... If I was her mom, my mom would be like, I'm going to need you to get more specific. Like, for fucking what are you sorry, bitch? Cause this has been, you've been bleeding my nuts, like, for like, you know. For all the things that they showed in this movie, I really wish they would have shown the emotional work that she put into, like, arriving at this conclusion. <laughs> the mom just, like, slowly locking away her handgun every night and she, like, <laughs> ponders, uh, just getting out of this. So. Mom decides to surprise her with an epic makeover. Let's play 11709 to 11902. Hello. Um, my daughter has just been elected homecoming queen. Is she that bit that Ep- the big girl, the big girl that birthed uh-huh. her about? And I was wondering if you might What do you need? Anything. What do you need? Hey there. Hey. I remember the day we got that dress. The day before your dad's funeral. You'd gone up a size and none of your clothes fit and I got so mad at you. Like it wasn't hard enough that you'd lost him. That was a year ago. I'm really sorry, Maggie, if I ever treated you like there was something wrong with you. Treated myself that way. Yeah, but I should have been the one to get it. Yeah, you should have. I should have known you could do this. You are really something. You didn't need my protection. You just needed my support. I know I have a lot of things to face now. Not just the food. Yeah. Tomorrow. Today we got to get you to that float, and not that dress. Well, I don't have anything else. I know it. Come on. Where? You'll see. Come on. We got to hurry. What's all this? Well, we're gonna do your hair and your makeup, and we got you a fabulous dress. But mom, how are you gonna afford all this? Don't you worry. Mama figured it out. Mama figured it out. 
Casey comes in after and they have a healing conversation and then we go into a long montage of her getting ready. Um, this also seems to last forever. It lasts forever and also like I think this is the best acting that Nikki Blonsky does in the whole movie because this makeover is so under underwhelming. Her hair is awful. <laughs> It looks insane. Like, okay, so let's be real. Like, you and I are both curly sisters. We yes. both have curly hair. Like, I don't think you have to take a – you don't have to go straight every time. But you either have to manage those curls or yeah. you need to blow them out. Yeah. But it's like they fucking let her air dry, then took a, a fucking flat brush to it. Yep. I'm sorry, actually, a bristle brush to that. Yeah. And then, like – Knotted it on her head. It looks like a fucking, it looks like the bun that I leave yoga with. <laughs> it's not good. And I was like, she's going to like homecoming like this? Like hot yoga. Like I've been sweating onto a bun and my hair is like met the California sun- sunshine and like landed somewhere in between. Right, right. And then the makeup is also just kind of underwhelming. It's a dramatic smoky eye meant for like a 40 year old woman. Or and- like a Sephora like counter worker or something like that and then like a magenta pink lip and they both are sort of like statement moments yeah. which we all know you don't put a, a lip and an eye on someone especially not okay. a teenage girl we all know that now well you we've talked about this before like typically you go for a more dramatic eye look or you go for like a bold lip and okay. a more neutral eye right yeah. like typically unless you're working at the mac makeup counter or like <laughs> you know auditioning for RuPaul's drag race like you don't wear that on a day to day you right, know right right so we go to the homecoming games really high production feeling in a way it's not friday night lights or anything but it's an impressive moment seems very high production and it also feels organic like yeah. the actors like rather the extras always like they seem like real people. Yeah, yeah. We're coming up. We're having a full circle moment on this movie. We're at the parade now. Maggie is killing it on her float. Everyone is thrilled to be there. They've all come to terms with the fact that they've spent the last four months trying to kill each other. Um, Casey's shouting out to her from the bleachers. Then the principal comes up and says that it's time for Maggie to make her speech. Um, which I didn't know like a homecoming queen made her speech. I have no idea. This is all new territory for me. Also, isn't there always a homecoming king? Yeah, that's a big plot hole. So she makes her speech. Someone Let's who has, who lives in, in, like, who, this is their normal high school thing. Please explain why someone might not have had a homecoming king and also a, if, whether there, or not there was a speech involved. Yeah. And also I just kind of think that, like, this is, this whole movie has just been a reminder for me about why this is less and less popular. Like, generally any sort of, like, ranking system. Yeah. It makes me glad that we didn't have like, really, you had to be, like, you had to run for president to get any sort of station at my high school. They oh, were They didn't even run superlatives by the time I was a senior because it was, like, you know, it was definitely, like, a favorites game, you know? Yeah. Um, I won Funniest Girl um, in eighth grade, and then they canceled superlatives because one girl, um, Andrea, you know who you are. You were kicked out of my friend's wedding a few years ago. Ooh! Um, T. She um, fucking – flopped and like inflated all the numbers to get herself like best eyes or something and so they cancel all superlatives so thanks for continuing to ruin everything um and she's supposed to plan our class reunions and we don't have that so i hope it was all worth it fucking selfish bitch (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm kidding but i'm not um anyway she was mean to my mom once okay so um (laughs) fuck her then uh, let's play that last scene. We have a feeling, something we know what's happening. Let's play it. Hi, there's not more to it. 
Hello, and welcome to this year's homecoming festivities. And now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our homecoming queen, Maggie Baker. better for me. You stood up for me, but I didn't stand up for you. It would have been really easy for you to elect some pretty popular girl, but you did the hard thing. You showed us that labels like jock, geek, hottie, burnout, fat girl aren't who we are, but they're just how we appear. We did something really different here, something really special, something that we should be proud of. So if it's okay with you, I'm gonna hold my head up. And I hope that you do the same. I have the sun to start, why should I refuse it? And there are so many reasons I could give When I was elected homecoming queen, people thought I was trying to lead some kind of revolution. And maybe I was. In the end, I didn't change the world, but I did change myself. I faced my fears, and I did it in a kick-ass dress. Okay, and that was fucking queen size, y'all. <laughs> That was it. I would say, I think I wrote one of my notes was like, all right, when she gets taken to the store to get her dresses, I wrote RIP dress barn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they did kind of like, I loved that they were like doing a sensitivity on the plus size thing where they were like, oh, it is hard to shop. Like, I got to go to this boutique and find this one. Right. But the salesperson who fit her like was much smaller than her still. And I also know. very tall. Yes. Like she was a tall, thick woman. Like yes. I was like, not the same. This is not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. And that's also another thing that like, like petite and, you know, thicker is also like a very hard thing to find clothes for. Yeah. The whole like Lane Bryant fat thing. I think that that was like such an interesting moment when Roxanne Gay said that, you know? Yeah. It's very interesting. Like there's additional, I see it with my fucking Amazon return store. Like, America's yeah. big. Yeah. And like, there's just not the sizing for it. it's not out there. Nope. It's crazy. And like, the stuff that I have that does very well in the store and in eBay is like the irregular measurements where yeah. it's like someone's like, I literally cannot find a 44 by 30 pair of pants. But there is like a large man out there that is short and needs a size 44 pants and 30 leg. Yeah. And he's going to find that on eBay. Those sell right away. Possibly. Right away. Cause people have them preset as their savings. Like, like every time someone posts a pair of jeans in that size, 
they get a notification. Oh, interesting. Think about like, you know, that's, there's a lot of people out there that it's like, yeah, that's how they get their clothes when I have the luxury. Yeah. Are you looking like, are you learning a lot about that kind of angle of like, yeah, specialized clothing? 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's actually been like one of the, I mean, there's so many reasons why I love my store, my Amazon returns projects, whatever. And like, like the vast wealth of like knowledge that I've had to like stuff that I mean the reason why I love it is because it challenges my brain to do things it never gets to do right where I'm like learning about I mean I don't I don't think most people I know know about like the stuff that I've learned about clothing it's like crazy like and also just the needs that people have like the wide variety of needs it's crazy there's a lot outside of our bubble always you can hack the next selection with this amount of data that you're collecting I can hmm um, how do you know I'm not doing it? Oh, shit. That's why you guys okay. got to get out of here. Ooh. Um, so do you want to use Booksmart as our five? Just I think because it's of idea. that world. Yeah. So. And we saw it last night, so it's still like fresh in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on a scale of one, one being Booksmart and five being this, on a scale of one to five with acting, what would you give uh, this? Ooh. Well, Booksmart actually had some really good acting. So Great. It's I, our number one movie, yeah, too, by the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. But I mean, like, even even for a good movie, like, some of the performances were really good. Um, yeah. Especially Billy Lord. Like Billy was Lord like was a, great. Was I like loved the level. kid who played Jared, too. Yeah. I loved him. He was, yeah, he was on the Santa Clarita diet. Nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say three. Three? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give Nikki Blonsky that much credit. I also felt like this was weighed down heavily by the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey was pretty good, but pretty much everyone else was awful. Like, all the mean girls were terrible yeah. and very drippy. Tara was kind of cool. I don't know. Tara she, was... She sold me on her personality. She, was, she seemed okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was... Yeah. She also was very non-committal. Like, that would be... If you're a decent actress, it seems like a difficult part to play poorly. Yeah. Okay. Um, But the boyfriend wasn't bad... Or the guy that had a crush on her wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, for he, me, this yeah, is like, good. this is like a, this is a, a four. Okay. You want to meet on three, five? Yeah. Cause okay. Annie Potts really. Believability of the world and characters. I mean, this is like a four or a five for me. This is a four. Yeah. Okay. Creative use of words to avoid censorship. That didn't really happen. I didn't know. I didn't notice not swears. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It wasn't, nah, let's give it a two. Okay. Um, dialogue. There was too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly like i i mean that when i say because i write i i write no, I out mean, a lot of these notes and i was like around 20 minutes i was like i am typing so much yeah. and like i wound up playing a lot of clips longer or clips that i normally wouldn't have played because the wordiness of them was like really dense to yeah. make sure that i got all because like there would be moments where like Four sentences would come out, and half of one of them would be relevant to what I want you guys to understand. It was real bloated. It yeah. was really, really bloated, overly wordy. Like, that would be the first note. And, like, typically wordy stuff like sex in the city is considered wordy. Yeah. Right? But they used every word they could to, like, really tell a great story and to, like, define these characters. Yeah, but precise. With this, it just felt like noise. I mean, I thought thought it was miserable. It was like, uh, like a like a, Sex and the City was a scalpel, and this was like a machete. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Real I would blunt. say like 
I liked the idea of it, especially for 2008. I don't, I don't hate the idea of this. I don't know. Like a, I mean, no, no shade to the writer though either, because this is the material that was demanded at the time. Yeah. This is like, okay, we can't do the mean girls thing. We have to tell the story from the other point of view. Right. But you're never going to have like, you can't pull Tina Fey on Lifetime. Yeah. I know? think, I think they'd be able to thread the needle a little bit better now. Oh yeah. But yeah. They did the best they could, man. Yeah. So what are you using? So, I don't know, four. Okay. I'll go with that. Wardrobe. This was fine. Like fine. I didn't see anything. Like her, her, her final dress was like okay. Yeah, it was all kind of unfortunate. But I want to let's give it a three. Okay. Um, hair and makeup. I thought it was bad. <laughs> yeah, the makeup. The anytime was someone not good. tried makeup, it didn't look great. What are you doing? Like a three point five or a four? Four point five. Five? 3.5. Okay. Music. Oh, the music was actually pretty dope. The music was like a one. Yeah. (laughs) They fucking paid for that, by the way. Yeah. Nikki Blonsky crying in that bathroom stall (laughs) is, and also outside of the fucking vending machine when she's like, (laughs) like, she literally fucking, like, cries like a cartoon like she's she is who this crying character yeah this crying category was made for she's a full-blown lifetime five like she does not know how to cry for shit but it was great Vicky, but she was like the thing is like she would cry real tears though it was everything around oh the tears. wait christina i forgot to say something her dad has been dead for one year. Oh yeah that was the oh. thing that we kept like <laughs> avoiding i've been i'm sorry spoiler alert her dad's been dead for one year. Yeah. Okay. Like, Hence, like the like anger and like the lack of motivation to think about forgiven. her future, like her outbursts. Like she's still processing the death of her father Literally and the adjustment all of her entire family. Is forgiven. Yeah. Like one girl in my class, her fucking dad died, and like she swept like all these awards, and it was like they were like, "Oh, her dad's dead." <laughs> Oh, her dad's dead, but, like, we're gonna fucking get the awards anyway. Like, she's so great. And it was like, who is she? Like, we we don't know her. We don't hang out with her. Like, (laughs) that, but not in, like, a weird way, but it's like, oh, really? This person is getting this, like, uh, it was, like, essentially, like, miscongeniality. And it's like, you know, she doesn't talk to us. But her dad died that week. and That week? Yeah. Wow. And she wasn't even at school to get the award. But <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like it was definitely like if she had died at if he if this girl was at my school, like no one would have like touched this homecoming election. Everyone would have been like, sit back, let her have it. Yeah. Yeah. This movie existing in a world in which her dad died like seven months prior to when this all started is crazy. Yeah. It's bonkers. Um, victimization of the female character. She victimized herself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. Sammy laughed. Yeah, Sammy like, laughed. <laughs> uh, that just sounded hard. like we had like a actual like Maggie moment where yeah. we're like, what? What? <laughs> um, I thought you said it was good. Um, I don't know. Like, I want to say like three. I feel like they all took yeah. turns with each other, which is typically they what- did. Like oink at her and call her a lard ass. Yeah, but also, like, in a movie like this, everyone's a female character. Like, she's the central one, but, like, every chick in this movie took it on some level. Okay. You know? Yeah. Even poor fucking 
Lexi or whatever her name is doesn't even know how shitty her life is going to be. Liz. (laughs) Liz. She doesn't even know how shitty her life's going to be yet. What do you think Liz is doing (laughs) now? She's probably like at a very stable but boring job and has a mediocre like spouse and like that didn't marry her for her money probably also is from an, an average amount of family wealth as well. Okay. I like that. Those are the people that like. They're fine. They go for, like, quote-unquote pedigree, but they're all the same sort of, like, weird, like, low-key inbred from way back type people, you know? Yeah. Okay. Failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. That has to be, like, a 4.5. This whole movie is, like, let her go. Yeah. Like, put her down. Like, it seems like she'd be happier that way. Literally, I feel like half the women in this movie just didn't want to be in this world anymore. (laughs) Dark. I know, dark, but dark, like this was not dark. easy for any of them. Casey's probably the only one who has a chance. Yeah, can you imagine what's going on over at Tara's house and what's really going on at Liz's house? Yeah, do these girls have parents? Like, I mean, I know Tara's dad's taking her to college, but like, what about Liz? She seems like to live completely independently. Her parents are letting her settle for a very mediocre life. I think life. Liz's parents are like wealthy, checked out types. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're like, yeah, you can go to University of South Carolina, yeah. like. Whereas Tara's parents were like, yeah, we're hauling her ass up to the north, like, northeast. Get you like, a proper gonna... education. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bitch. <laughs> Not that that is a bad school. I should say that. No, I know. But I kind of want to be like, fuck everybody. <laughs> like, then us northerners being like, the northeast is where we really get our education. I think the point is, is that, like, when you have all the privilege and option and access in the world and you choose to go local, yeah. like, without exploring anything else, I'm like, probably could have been. Yep better handled okay um so failure jumps logical conclusion want to give it a 4.5 yeah drop plot lines i don't know if there were drop plot lines i think they just like resolved them really quickly and like i don't know this is the thing where we never explored them yeah it wasn't an enjoyable bad movie the guy the boyfriends we didn't follow up with yeah I guess that's Did true. Did they go abroad junior year? <laughs> Spoiler. I also would have appreciated like fake credits, like fake, like, you know, Tara graduated and then became like, oh, like a little PETA invest. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't get that. She started goop. Um, I mean, let's just give it like a two. This movie is kind of, well, I mean, the mom, like we didn't know her coworker till the end. Yeah, that was of, weird. Let's give it a three. Three. Uh, font. This is like the most offensive, worst font. It's purple curls, literally from just like word. Let's give this a five. This is like, this is actually the worst font we have ever had. Yes. Ever on this show. It's so bad. Is it princess font or is it curls? I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like whatever you would use to like write the word princess for like a kid's, like a little girl's, like, or whatever. Tacky fucking Etsy shop or whatever. Yeah. 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 So this is like probably. One of our highest scoring movies to date. 41.5. I don't think we've pulled a number like that since season one, honey. This movie was, in all fairness, fucking awful. It was really bad. Yeah. 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 It was bad. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, it's, it, I bought it. So it's, it's in my queue forever now. Yeah. Um, well, you're welcome. Thank you. I Venmoed you for that, honey. Don't you, you forget mommy bought you that. Yes. Slender but- Strawberry over here bought you that. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. But I also have to live with it in my, in my little cube for forever. 
Um, well, you're welcome. <laughs> no, yeah, I and know. it wasn't like a Saturday night. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't appreciate this on a Saturday night. Like stay at home, have a fun lifetime sesh. This was not fun. I got angry. I got angry too. Yeah, it, this is like very like um, if I was like when my mom and my stepdad used to be married, like sometimes they'd like put us in vacation, like me and my step siblings that like barely know each other. And, like, we'd be locked in a house for five days. Like, I would watch this with my stepsister. Okay. If this was on TV. I'd be right. like, here, just, like, fucking lay down. Like, let's just watch us. Like, <laughs> let's just fucking get through this. Just, like, fucking lay down. Yeah. Like, let's fucking, like, go out and smoke pot and then come back. And I'd be like, no, I'm fine. You like, want even marijuana wouldn't make this I brought good. I brought Cheez-Its. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are, like, watered. Okay. Well, you guys, um, that was queen size. This Woo. was Christina Lopez. That was Wagon Stuff. And Sammy Junio is here as well. Nikki Blonsky, I hope you're listening to this girl. If we were hard on you, man, um, I know we were. And I do appreciate you and your spirit. And uh, Annie Potts, what's up? And also Rod from 7th Heaven. <laughs> I think I hit everyone. Yeah. Anyone you want to say hi to? Um, Just Wags, but he's sleeping, so I'm not going to. Okay. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to season four of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.